The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is November 3rd, and we will be reviewing the six-game slate for tomorrow, Monday, November 4th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the man, the DFS legend, the shark, Mr. Mike Apatria. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good tonight, Coach. I, I just got back into town, and you know, one of the first things I get to do when I walk my door, I get to, you know, I'm double dipping in podcast tonight. So I got to do a live show over there with Eric. Uh, you know, we ran down some of the, uh, you know, the it was the waiver wire pickup show of the week. So I got to answer some, field some questions for a good hour and 10, 15 minutes. So, you know, I got the juices flowing already, and I'm looking forward to this slate. I, I got a decent little, uh, little, a little pot growing with, with a lot of Doncic in a lot of my lineups. So that's helping me out. I, I was all over. Uh, Rashawn Holmes and Myers Leonard. One play that I think I you know regret, and I don't regret playing it, would be Nick Lina. He's kind of burning yeah. me in a lot of my lineups. I had a ton of them, just you know, min salary across the industry. No one gave starting. Played you know good minutes in the last one, uh, but it looks like he got into foul trouble pretty early. So that's what kind of shut him down. Yeah, he he hurt me too. I, I'm having a pretty good day myself. Uh, it's just I didn't get Harden in the fourth quarter at all because that game they were down like. 100 points, for God's sakes. They got killed by the Heat. But uh, uh, that and Nidalekina, I'm glad. I don't want to learn how to pronounce his name because I'm not taking him anymore. (laughs) Frankie Frankie Nicotine. Frankie, sit on the bench is what I used to call him from (laughs) now on. All right, man. But but awesome, man. Yeah, it's been a fun weekend. It's it's been really uh, some great basketball. It's... uh, it's good to see our Mavs play tough today and tonight in Cleveland. Luca marching to, I would say it'll take about maybe not this season or next season. The, the third season out, I got a, I got a feeling he's going to run some MVPs across the board. Don't you think? I think he's got to be in the conversation for it thus far. Uh, just the way he's been playing. I mean, obviously, at the end of the year, with all the other numbers and the other guys he's competing with, I think he's going to be hard-pressed for him to, you know, for the polls to kind of vote him in there. Uh, but I think he's definitely in the, in the mentions in the conversation as of right now. I think in three years, you know, once we kind of fall off a little bit, maybe a couple other guys move around to some teams, a couple more super teams get formed. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's definitely going to be in it if he doesn't win one by then. This kid looks like he's a stud, man. Uh, the triple-doubles, like, in, out, in and out, night in. Um, I, I love watching him. I think he's a DFS stud. I think that he's underpriced across the board. I think he was undervalued in season-long leagues. I, I just love watching him. Um, I invested into him a lot as a fan. You know, first thing I did is I went out and bought my Mavericks Doncic jersey. Uh, I, I went out, and I, I'm, a, I'm a basketball card collector too, Coach, so I went out and I nice. bought a bunch of packs hoping to get a Luka Doncic autograph out of one of them, and I did. So I was pretty wow. pumped about that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm fully invested in this Doncic train. I'm going to ride it. And, you know, as a math fan, I think we have a promising future ahead of us, Coach. Oh, I'm excited, man. I really am. I, I He is just so much fun to watch. And he's making himself like a, a plug-and-play must-own, like a, like a Harden, you know, even 
on even pace with him, the way he just throws these huge numbers up there. I mean, he's not getting skimpy triple doubles. He's getting fat ones. So it's it's fun to watch, no doubt. And scoring, like you said, fat ones. He's scoring while he's doing them, dropping 30 points, 29 points. This kid's unbelievable, man. He can get his shot off on anybody. He's got a couple of little tools in his trick. I love watching when he does his little handle moves. Sometimes they don't always work, but he's the type of player that you almost seen it when it was like you know Joe Johnson asking his prime at, can really bail himself out of any situation. He's, he's for yeah. a young kid to kind of have the IQ he does to kind of you know contort himself into positions where he still gets a shot up over defenders on the baseline. We've seen him nail even warm ups in game, multiple shots from behind the backboard. So this kid has a knack for scoring and his vision and just his court IQ is off the charts for his age. He's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, and and the Mavs should be six and zero. Oh. They handed the game to the Lakers the other day, and then they had that stupid coach's reversal against Portland, or they'd be 6-0. and that, that is a promising thing for playoff contention, especially with, like, the Warriors dropping out and a few other teams already starting to look like they're not going to be much. Uh, the Mavs have a legit shot. Definitely. Uh, and it's something that we talked about earlier in the year. I remember when we were doing our preseason to, uh, shows, you know, what, where do we see them? I and we, we had them that, that can easily get that eight seed. Um, and yeah. with the Warriors dropping out, I think they might be one of the favorites for the eight seed at this point. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Well, all right. Let's uh, talk about uh, real quickly here our presenting sponsor, which well, actually not quickly because we love them. We could talk about them the whole show, and that's Fantasy Draft. They're the only rake-free fantasy site in the industry, which is so awesome, man. I play a lot of head-to-heads, and there's nothing better than plopping down 100 bucks, taking a guy on head-to-head, and bringing back 200 I mean, there's no rake. Uh, it adds up so fast. It saves you a fortune. Get on fantasydraft.com. Hit the promo code HOOPBALL. Put HOOPBALL in there, all one word, no dash, and get seven-day free membership and up to $1,000 in contests. It's the best site out there. Also, uh, I mentioned manscaped.com. Jump on the website, free shipping, 20% discount with the promo code HOOPBALL. Also, mybookie.ag. I'm sure everybody was pounding the NFL on mybookie.ag today. Uh, Do that tomorrow night with the Cowboys against the Giants as well. Uh, Great site for your gambling uh, needs and and wagers. And then, of course, our Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. They are always first on our list and first in our cup. So we love Hawaiian Isles. Okay, uh, we've got an awesome six-game slate. I cannot wait to get into this because I love this slate. There's certain guys sitting. There's just I love the way that this uh, – Builds. I'm already starting to look at lineups uh, for tomorrow, believe it or not, in, with doing some preparation for this show. And the other cool thing is, out of the 12 teams playing, the only team on a back-to-back is the Houston Rockets. And we already have the news there. Westbrook is not going to dress, and, and Harden is. So with Westbrook out and Harden playing, if you don't start your lineup tomorrow with Harden, then you have rocks in your head and you don't have stones where you should have stones because I don't care what price he is. If he's playing against the Grizz, who's the fourth fastest team in the league and and the Rockets are the fastest, even though they got beat by 9 million points by the Heat, 
I think they were down 34 to four, if I'm not mistaken, but they'll uh, Harden still got his and he will tomorrow. So I don't mean to be jumping ahead, but uh, I wanted to mention that because no other team is on a back to back. So we're going to get a much truer representation of, of who's in and who's out. All right, man. First game, 7 p.m. Eastern, Detroit Pistons, Washington Wizards. You're, you're, the ball is to you, Mr. Apocalypse. Yeah, I don't know how we can not just keep rolling out Drummond at this point. Just three straight 2020 games. He's doing it in the defensive column. Last game, five blocks, three steals. The game before that, three blocks, two steals. He's playing in a contract here. He looks phenomenal. Uh, the price tag, you know, he did get up there a little bit. He's just seeing a price increase. Um, but looking at other players comparable on this slate, I think I would prefer him to Giannis at a thousand less at this point. I do think that this is just a glorious matchup for him. They're going to need him to continue playing off of the wall. And then you're looking at other guards who, yes, they have the upside, but they don't necessarily have the same floor I can expect with Andre Drummond being, you know, guys like Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Lillard in a game against Golden State. And I, I think he's well worth it. I think at this point we're looking at stars and scrubs night in and night out until we see some of these guys get approached by, uh, um, priced appropriately and we just continue to keep having value open up that allows us to keep doing it so i'm starting a lot of my builds with andre drummond and james harden i'm not really looking at anybody else on the piston side of the ball i know that derrick rose sat out last game i would expect him to be good to go this game he only sat out that last one because he played uh decent minutes in chicago and it was a back-to-back so he he has been ruled out oh he's been ruled out okay never mind so and and uh frazier is uh doubtful so they're they're they go into this game again with no points. Yeah, so guard. you just load up on Bruce Brown again. Um, Bruce I, Brown yeah. just stepped up. Yeah, man. and he I did. was I was all over Bruce Brown in that game. He's still priced more than great across the industry. Sixty three hundred on fantasy draft. I'm so glad you brought that up um, because I'm not looking to get too much. I'm not going to over my overexpose myself to this game like I did in the past one. The last game I loaded up every single lineup. I almost locked in Andre Drummond and Bruce Brown. It paid off big time for me. Um, but this isn't the same matchup. Yes, Washington plays at a decent pace. Their defense um, against opposing centers isn't fantastic. But we knew the Nets was a picture-perfect spot for both of those guys. So I will have at least one of those guys in every single my lineup. I will do a couple with both of them. Um, but, you know, the Bruce Brown seems like a lock if he's going to keep running point and playing those minutes again. Dude, have you been dipping into the Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee tonight? You sound wired up and ready I'm good to go. To go. I, so I told you, man. I just did an hour and 15-minute show. I, I was in a car cooped up for about four hours today. So, like, <laughs> I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll, man. You know, I was, I, I'm, I'm fresh. Uh, I'm actually drinking. It's a San Pellegrino. It's a, My girlfriend gets them. Those, you know, I, I'm not big of a sparkling guy, and she gave me the one she didn't like, which is a grapefruit. It's pretty right. awful. No, it's not good, man. I, I, I like I, grapefruit, uh, Pellegrino. <laughs> I, I I hate to sound sissyish there, and I can't believe I just admitted that on air, but uh, I do like that. I don't like it, man. I, she has a lemon one. I like the lemon. I like the lime. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not someone who's really uh, cautious about my body. Maybe I should be, but you know, I usually I usually just go for the Powerade, the Gatorade, some ginger ale. Uh, you know, aside from a good cold, uh, you know, IPA here and there too, but. Beautiful. I love it. I love the energy, dude. I love it. Um, You know, here's the million dollar question I have for you. I heard mumblings that Blake Griffin might get a few minutes in this game. Is that true? So I I know that he got upgraded um, to, you know, being questionable or game time decision. Um, I'm I'm not going to, you know, 
speculate on whether or not he comes back. When he does come back, he is going to kind of cut into the role a little bit and maybe take some of that usage away from Drummond that he's been seeing. But it's going to be on a limited basis. They're not going to, you know, like you said, they might give him a few minutes. A few minutes is it going to impact my decision on whether or not I'm going to play Drummond. I do know that we have some other forwards and centers. So if that's what it comes down to, you know, if you did want to run out multiple lineups, we know know we're locking hard, and let's just be real there. So if you wanted to go with the Stars and Scrubs approach and play Giannis over him, I'm not going to knock you for it. Um, I just really like his floor and his ceiling and, you know, what we've been seeing out of him, the defensive end over the past few games, where I feel like just keep, I'm just going to keep riding this train. I think that we're going to be looking at a higher price tag than 19K eventually if he keeps playing like this. I mean, he's been unbelievable. I, I think other than the Mavs, I think I've watched more Detroit Pistons, uh, you know, Detroit basketball. I mean, I, it's all I've been watching it. If, I don't know if it's because I... Drummond is like the one of the key, or if not the keys, to my DFS team every night. I've had him five out of six nights that he's played, which is a lot when you just plug and play it, you know. And I said I'm going to play him every time till Griffin's back, no matter what. And man, I just—it's not just the 2020 games. If you watch him, he's like handling the ball. He's getting a bunch of steals. He's getting blocks. I cannot believe how well he's playing, man. He is just been unreal now my concern is and that's why you've got to you know you're you're listening to this on on your morning drive to work on monday or at lunchtime or during a break starting to figure out you know the lineup you want to build you've got to tune in to us on twitter and follow this news closely because for me if blake griffin plays and gets 15 to 20 minutes which i would expect he would I, that is probably going to have me fade Drummond in this spot. And I know that's gut, just gut-wrenching for me because Drummond has, has done so well for me this, this season. But I'm, I need to see that news before I roster Drummond. That's just you know the, the, my gut feeling on it. I am going to roster Bruce Brown, though. He's still dirt cheap, and he, w- he did a fantastic job at the point. I don't think he's going to score like he did possibly in that game, but he's going to have the ball. He's going to run the show. He's going to get his assists and rebounds, and he's a very athletic kid uh, and a good defender, so he'll get some steals. So Brown, I think, is a very safe play and a good place uh, to start a value play there. But you know, I'm not going to make a decision on Drummond until I hear that news. If Griffin is out, I play Drummond. If Griffin's <coughs> going to play then I'm going to fade him. So that's that's where I stand on, on the Blake Griffin side. Um, on the Wizards side, uh, very frustrating that last game, man. I, I had uh, Bradley Beal like crazy, and they just got murdered. And uh, he did not play for a big chunk of the second half. But he still leads the league in usage, and I'm still going to roll the damn guy out there. I think Bradley Beal is just too good to to let sit on the sidelines in this game. You know, he's going to get Langston Galloway defense or maybe a little Bruce Brown defense here and there, which Brown's decent defensively. But I think that that Beal just, you know, in a game where it's uh, a contended game, which I can't – I don't believe Detroit's going to blow Washington out just on the fact that – you know, Detroit's so shorthanded guard-wise. So I'm going to roll Beal out as one of my key plays tomorrow, and that's the only guy on that side of the ball that I want to use. 
Uh, yeah, I do have some interest in Beal. I mean, at the end of the day, he did it in the scoring column in limited minutes last game. Played 27, obviously, the game. Um, you know, yeah, the 27 game. was crunching, though. Yeah, and it was really an empty stat line that kind of hurt him. We didn't see any real yeah. you know, rebounds and assists, defensive no. numbers. So that, on a normal night where he, you know, he chips in you know, six rebounds or six assists and everything else, we're looking at that game a little bit differently. So I'm, I'm okay with going Beal. I'm okay with running him in a game stack with Drummond. And I have a slight interest in Isaiah Thomas still coming off the bench. Uh, just getting a ton of usage off the bench, performing across the board, scoring, getting good assist numbers. Um, I think at 10K on Fantasy Draft, there's a little bit juice left in the orange for him. Um, not like a must-play, but I think he'll still kind of go a little under-owned in tournaments. Boy, he is still a chuck-it-and-duck-it dude like mm-hmm. nobody's business, man. And he, he's so bad defensively. I mean, whew, I, I don't know about that whole experiment with using him, but it is what it is. Hey, it might not be good for them, uh, but it might be good for us at DFS. We don't care about his defense. We just want him to score buckets. Exactly. Uh, three straight games, double double digits, um, you know, three straight games with good assist numbers. I, I think that we can still capitalize a little bit. I, you know, again, don't go overboard on it. Don't look at him as, like, the first value play. I think we're going to have, you know, cheaper options that have a little bit more of a, of, of, of a ceiling. But we're talking about a guy who's got a pretty safe floor in you know three straight games playing limited minutes. So I'm I'm on board with him. I'm excited because he when he's in there he'll guard Bruce Brown because Bruce Brown's going to get extended minutes. Oh yeah, at the point and he should just eat him, uh, eat up Isaiah for lunch. So hope you know that that'll play into the Bruce Brown play as well. All right, we move on to the 7:30 Eastern Standard Time game. New Orleans Pelicans, Brooklyn Nets. Awesome. So I'm going to start with the Pelicans on this one just because, um, you know, this is probably one of the more exciting teams and more surprising teams that we've been able to watch. You know, Brandon Ingram being a player who really has been flashing all the upside that we've been hoping since he got drafted with the second overall pick. Uh, He left last game with a head injury, but they're saying that he is not being inserted into the concussion protocol. They're going to keep an eye on him and monitor him. Um, Correct. I, read, I just read tonight that he is not even on the injury report, so he is playing. Yeah, so I think that he's definitely going to be one of the top options that we could go back to. Uh, Drew Holiday is going to continue to see a bunch of usage, but I think right now where his price tag is, um, I, I'd rather just you know select a few of the other options with a bit of a safer floor and a little bit of even a higher ceiling um, that we have on the board. And I think one of my main focuses in this side of the ball is going to be Jaleel Okafor. Um, you know, we like the target centers against the Nets. They do have a few big body ones, so that kind of keeps Jackson Hayes a little bit more tempted on the back on the back of the bench. You know, he kind of struggles when it's a bigger bodied center that he can't kind of, you know, impose his defensive will against. I guess you could say he's a rookie. He's going to get into foul trouble early. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we're, this is going to be another Okafor game. I think that he's just just stupid cheap across the industry. I don't know how they're not pricing this guy up. I'm not saying he's the second coming of Jesus or anything, but he's 6K on fantasy draft. That's minimum salary. We're talking about back-to-back games, 29 minutes last game, 33 the game before, 38 DraftKings points or fantasy points um, in both. I, I think I don't know how he's not one of the top value options on the slate. Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, Favors is doubtful. So, you know, he, he misses a lot of games. And if he's doubtful, that means more than likely he's not playing. So that absolutely brings Okafor into play. Uh, there, there's no way they're going to roll Jackson Hayes out to try to lay a body on DeAndre Jordan because he'll snap him in half. But, uh, you know, so Okafor is going to get good, you know, good amount of minutes inside. We always target. Uh, going against Brooklyn big men, 
regardless of Jordan being a, a bigger force in there, uh, the, their team defense just does not rotate well, and they get they leave the center uh, inside to get a lot of rebounds and putbacks. So I agree with you. Okafor is going to make uh, the majority of my lineups uh, for that reason because just the, the great value and uh, the minutes that he should uh, get in this game should be great. I have a question for you because I'm just curious completely about this. What in God's name is wrong with Drew Holiday? I mean, in our year-long leagues, the dude was going like 12th and 13th overall, and everybody said MVP kind of season, and he's been awful. Yeah, he's definitely been struggling with this shot. Um, you know, it's it's also a little bit of him playing more off ball this season. We saw him actually play a little bit of a lot of bit of point guard last year with due to all the injuries and everything. He kind of slid over. Now he's going back. He said he prefers to play off ball. I just think it's kind of a little bit of struggles. A new team around him. Everybody kind of meshed. We're seeing some of the other guys kind of be a little bit more assertive. Uh, Brandon Ingram being you know the main focal point of this offense going forward right now. So. I think he's just going to slowly let these guys, you know, being a veteran in this team, being a guy that he knows is the best player on this team, letting some of these younger guys integrate themselves, and he's just going to kind of slowly work himself back in there. I'm not worried about him in season long. Not going to touch him, though, for a little while in uh, DFS. Yeah, and he's been priced high all year. I don't know why his his price should be plummeting, uh, but it's still fairly expensive. Um, you know, on the New Orleans side, I don't think Holiday's the best player on the team anymore. I think it's Ingram. Ingram's their go-to guy. I think he's, I mean, he's showing it consistently in every game. Uh, you know, that ding on the head seems to be nothing more than just that. And, uh, you know, I think Ingram's in play. I know his price tag is starting to creep up every day, but, man, his his usage has been good. And, uh, yeah, I, I may run Okafor and Ingram together in this game. Uh, that's a very good possibility. But uh, on the Brooklyn side, um, you know, I'm not going to go Kyrie just because I do respect Drew's defense. And, you know, he's going to check him for sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to steer away from Karis LeVert too, man. That if you've I've watched the last two fourth quarters of Brooklyn games and Levert couldn't get in the game. I mean, he didn't play at all in the last eight minutes of the last two games. They, they went with a lineup of Irving Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, and Deandre Jordan. Those are the five that are playing all of the crunch time minutes. Why, why Levert's not in that? I have no idea, but until I see him, uh, you know, with the confidence from the coach, I'm not going to roll him out there. Um, Joe Harris has been heating it up. He's shooting the ball great, and he's, you know, he's one of those guys you want to ride when he's hitting it. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't always chip in, in in the other categories and has a tendency sometimes to be a little scoring dependent, but you got to consider him. Torian Prince, with all the minutes he gets, certainly deserves uh, he smashed value a couple of times, six, seven X. So you got to consider him. Uh, those are the, the two guys that I'm, I'm looking at. But as of right now, uh, I'm going to pass on Brooklyn. But if one of those guys fits in to complete my salary or build, uh, I may go that direction. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. If you, if you finish your, your lineup on like a Torian Prince or Joe Harris, you really don't mind it because you know they got a pretty safe floor and their ceiling could be there as well. 
but I'm not going to go out of my way to put anybody on this team in my roster. I like I, I I'm worried about Kyrie and Drew Holiday. It's always a real thing whenever he's guarding somebody. And uh, you know the one player that I was on last game, DeAndre Jordan. Um, you know I think he's very matchup dependent. I think this is going to be a good matchup for him. But there's no there's not like a necessity where they need to play him like you know last game against Drummond. You needed to put his big body in there. So I'm I'm not going to really go to him. His price tag also came up a little bit too. He's at 10-7 on fantasy draft. So. Um, I'm with you. I'm pretty much okay with fading most of uh, Brooklyn. Very good. Next game should be the key game of the night for everybody. I mean, it's Houston at Memphis. Houston just absolutely got their ass kicked by the Heat tonight. Um, You know, Westbrook's not going to play in this game, but the Grizzlies aren't exactly a super threat to blow somebody out. I mean, the Heat are playing fantastic ball, so – I anticipate that this should be a decent game. I also anticipate it'll it'll definitely be the highest over under in Vegas for you know most points for any of these six games. And for that reason, you've got to look to stack a couple of guys up here. Uh, obviously, we said plug and play with Harden. I mean, automatic. Can't even think twice about it. You know, who do, do you go to a secondary guy for the Rockets? Is the question with Westbrook out. You know, I don't know if that usage spills over to other guys. I just think it piles on to Harden. I mean, Harden could have just a a gigantic game. Now, the Grizz might rotate in. um, uh, They have a guard off the bench that is a hell of a good defender. Used to play for the Kings. Why can't I think of his name? Thabo. No. Uh, oh, yeah, Thabo didn't play for the Kings. Ben McLemore? Nope. He's uh, – I'm going to look it up right now because that's going to bug me. All right, well, yeah. then while you do that, I'll just give my take on Houston real quick. You play James okay. Harden. You don't think much about him. Um, limited sample size this season, but in 67 minutes with Westbrook off the court, he's toting almost a 50% usage rate, averaging 1.77 fantasy points per minute. Uh just play him, don't think much about it. And I do think you can get some secondary juice, and if I were to play anybody else, it would probably be Clint Capella. Um, just knowing that Jonas is still on a minutes limit, they, you know, their secondary backup, Jaron Jackson Jr., is doubtful for the game. They're going to be looking at Brandon Clark, a young rookie, who I do have interest in Clark. We'll get to that side of the ball in a minute. But I think with you know Westbrook being off the floor, they're going to have to utilize a pick and roll a little bit more, and that's where we're going to see Capella thrive. Played limited minutes last game, should be fresh. Um, nice salary, I think, 12K on fantasy draft. I definitely think he's an option, by no means a plug-and-play, but I'm, I'm definitely going to have a couple shares of him. Well, this this could be a, uh, a definite spot for a chicken suit challenge game. I think Capella is in just a free fall. Uh, D'Antoni doesn't use him at all down the stretch, or even in when, when the going gets tough and they needed to make a run tonight against the Heat, they immediately took him out, moved P.J. Tucker to point, uh, center, and went small. And that he, D'Antoni loves to do that. And I, I think he's just lost confidence in Capella. Capella looks disengaged at the time, and I, I think he is a guy to just steer clear of. Um, so we may have to s- sniff out a guy to take on Capella on this card. The guy I was thinking from Memphis isn't there anymore. So – that takes care of that. I'm not worried about Harden at all. Uh, you know, whether it's John ja Morant, Dylan Brooks, whoever tries to guard him isn't going to be able to check him. Um, but Memphis, believe it or not, even as the third fastest paced 
team in the league is in a pace-up game because Houston's the fastest. Mm -hmm. So who benefits? Jaron Jackson Jr. is out. So to me, Brandon Clark is plug-and-play. Joe Val is awesome. I don't have the stones until he gets over that 20, 22-minute barrier. It seems hard in stone, and he hasn't played much in the second half of any game. Brandon Clark had a breakout game, like 40 fantasy points the last game. And with Triple J out, I love him. So Jaron Jackson is a plug-and-play – I'm sorry. Brandon Clark is a plug-and-play with me with Triple J out. He's my first go-to guy on the Grizz. I love him in this up-paced game. And then after that, I mean, you certainly can look at John Morant. John Morant is definitely playing better and, you know, uh, starting to, to pile up some, some good fantasy points. Tyus Jones has been not nearly as much of a factor the last couple of days. So I'm, you know, I'm going Harden and Harden alone on the Houston side. Definitely Brandon Clark. And if I can fit John Moran in, I'm going to put him in there. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Brandon Clark. I'm definitely going to have a lot of shares. Another nice plug-and-play for value with Okafor and a few other guys that we'll talk about in the later games. So I'm with you there. Um, with Morant, I, I don't know how many shares are going to have him. I just don't think I'm going to get there. Uh, this is a very good game script as far as pace for him, but it's also going to be a tough game um, because when Harden plays in a game like this, it's easy to kind of stop and get caught up into the magic. I'm not saying he's going to sit there and watch Harden blow by him or anything, but this is going to be a fast game that might move fast for him. He's a rookie. It's it's going to be a very, very quick game, and he might find himself kind of getting lost in transition, uh, you know, finding himself with a few more turnovers. And we have seen his, his minutes be directly rooted to his value. So if he's not playing 30-plus minutes, it's kind of hard to get a lot of shares in him. Um, last game, he did put up a good game, but it, it was against Phoenix, who we know struggles against point guards for the past 10 years. Right. Um, I'm not saying, you know, this isn't a great matchup. I just don't know where my confidence level quite is. I think I might have to dive a little deeper into him, kind of see where I have him paced with a few of these other guys that I'm going to be looking at on the slate. But uh, as of right now, he's not a priority player of mine. My only real priority on the Grizzlies is Clark. Well, I, my concern, only concern, you know, I think Moran will be fine on the offensive side because Harden's not good defensively. It's a great pace, and, and that's where Moran shines, and I'm probably going to use him. My only fear is that he get into foul trouble trying to stop Harden because Harden's just going to bull in the china shop right through him uh, going to the paint. So I don't know if they'll switch off on him. Now, what was effective for the Heat tonight if you know they were watching? Spolster is a defensive genius, man, that dude. And having Jimmy Butler, I mean, you couldn't – Make a guy a fake guy, like you know how you build your own guy on <laughs> on the NBA game. That's if if the Heat built their own guy, it'd be Jimmy Butler. He's perfect for their system. He's hard nosed, scrappy, defensive, just everything the Heat represents. And I I love the Heat this year, man. They to me are a number two or three seed in the East. And I know it sounds like I'm overreacting, but. They are going to be tough as hell. They have all that young talent. I love the way they're playing. So I, I'm going off on a tangent here. But <laughs> the how did I get to that point with Butler? Uh, you're just saying basically what the what the Heat did to kind of limit the, oh, the Rockets. What they did is they ran a double at Harden every time. I mean, literally ran a double at him like you would do in a high school or, or college game when you have a player that's just better than everybody else. It was almost like... The box and one that that uh, 
was run in the finals last year a few times against Curry. That they ran a double at Harden and made him give up, forced him to give up the ball, and nobody else could make any shots for uh, for the Rockets. I mean, Westbrook couldn't drop it in the ocean from outside of ten feet. So, you know, if the Grizz run doubles at him, uh, you know, somebody's going to have to pick up. But I don't know if they'll do that. I, that's not really their style of defense. Uh, you know, I've watched that coach enough now in preseason and, and in summer league. I, I haven't seen him deploy any type of trapping defense like that. So I don't think it's really in their DNA at all. And I don't anticipate that they'll do that, but um, they're going to have to find somebody other than Ja, I think, to, to guard uh, Harden because yeah. he's just wrong. They don't have the personnel to run double teams, in my opinion. So I would even, you know, factor that in. And I just don't think that they're going to do everything they can to kind of hide Morant away from Harden, if possible. Uh, yeah, you would have to imagine that, like you said, like a guy like Dylan Brooks is the one that takes the, you know, the assignment. Um, you know, we we didn't even really talk too much about who might be taking Russell Westbrook's spot in the starting lineup. And I think, you know, that there's a number of options, and I think those options are going to be the guy that they try to hide Morant on. Uh, you know, whether they want to go with a guy like Austin Rivers or if they just want to, you know, kind of slide another two in there. Uh, Eric Gordon was already starting tonight, so they might just do Eric Gordon and then bring House back into the starting lineup. Let Harden yeah, more than likely. Yeah. Although Gordon, God bless him, is just disaster. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. I, I, I think at Ooh. the end of the day, they might they might want to opt to have two ball handlers in the starting lineup just to allow Harden to play off ball when he wants to. Um, but who knows? It's kind of a wait and see. So just wait to see. What that starting lineup looks like will kind of impact how I look at Morant as well. You know, if we're talking about it's a starting lineup with Austin Rivers in it, I think that I'll be more susceptible to playing him. All right. Well, that is three of the six games. So we want to, again, thank our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. They are responsible for us being able to bring you seven days a week free content, which without question in my mind, is the best in the DFS NBA industry. And we just ask that you continue to support Fantasy Draft and our other sponsors, Manscaped.com, MyBookie.ag, and Hawaii, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, and make sure next time that you get the decaf, Mr. Apatria. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we do think, you know, we, we just ask you to continue to, to support them. We want to continue to be able to bring this free content to you. Also, I mentioned, you know, make sure and follow us on Twitter for the updates because we, as you know, we do this show the night before. You've got to check the updates throughout the day all the way up until lock because a couple of changes make all the difference in the world. For example, tonight, the Heat game. Winslow ruled out. Butler ruled in. They had both been questionable until about an hour before the games. You need that kind of information. It's key to winning in DFS. Follow at Hoopball Fantasy. That's where on Twitter all of our blurbs and all the information uh, goes up from our team at hoop-ball.com. Uh, also, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Our man, Andrew Handsome Hansen, is at Language Olympic. And again, you know, definitely go at Hoop Ball Fantasy because you're going to see a lot of the stuff popping up there throughout the day. Also, just go right straight to hoop-ball.com. 
click on the forms, go to the DFS thread. Miles and Andy do a phenomenal job updating that throughout the day. They start the day off with the over-unders and give you all the information to start helping you see where your, your strongest builds are. I'm throwing stuff up on there whenever I see reports of player uh, updates as well. Uh, and that's a great place to go. And when you're at hoop-ball.com, sign up for our premium package. We have the best all-around fantasy and DFS NBA coverage in, in the industry, uh, flat out, on the planet. Um, and so we look forward to that. The last thing I want to mention, when you do uh, listen to our podcast every day, NBA DFS Today, you can find it everywhere podcasts are heard. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're there. All you have to do is type in NBA Today, or is it DFS Today? DFS Today. DFS Today. today. You don't need the NBA, just DFS Today podcast. We're going to be the first one that shows up. Or if you put a combination like I just did NBA DFS Today, we're still going to show up. So when you're on there, though, take a second, please. Five stars, likes, thumbs up, positive reviews, those all make a huge difference. Um, we we want to keep the, the sponsors happy, and that great information is going to help us tremendously. Um, we're also, last night's show I did with Andrew, we had some great content. We had some recording issues. We're getting those technical things worked out. Uh, we, we Hopefully, tonight will be much better. And we're in the process of upgrading uh, some things so that you get crystal clear uh, content when it comes to you. Uh, so, again, those five stars, thumbs up, mean a lot to us. Please keep uh, supporting us that way. And uh, we look forward to bringing it to this information to you seven days a week. All right, game four of six, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Interesting game. Milwaukee Bucks, of course, out to a 4-2 and two solid start. And a very shocking Minnesota Timberwolves, 4-1 and one out of nowhere. And they also are coming off a trouncing of the Wizards uh, without Cat. And Cat comes – he's out this game too. This is his second game out. So no Cat again. And that changes the whole dynamics of the game. So what do you like, Mike? So, I mean, just speaking on our last show, when the first, uh, you know, the first try I go, we try at it, try to figure out who was going to get those minutes for Cat. We thought it was going to be Vonley or Jordan Bell, but, it, you know, we did mention Gorgie Dang, and that's what they did. He was the primary backup center, so we just saw him kind of see the biggest boost from the the absence of Cat. And, you know, this is the type of game where it might be a little bit of a different matchup. Well, you know, Brooke Lopez is a major stretch five, shoots more threes than any center in the league. Uh, almost more threes than any player in the league. So he's definitely yeah. going to be a guy that I think impacts it, and it might make me shy away from Gorgie a little bit. I do think at his price tag across the industry, there's plenty of value to be left. But he did what he did in 23 minutes last game, and I don't know if this is the matchup where I'm going to be full-blown investing, knowing that we have other guys who are min salary as well that we could choose from. You know, We mentioned Jalil yeah. and Clark. I would probably rank him behind both of those guys as far as value plays. Um, looking at anybody else on this side, I think it's a tough matchup. I think I, you know, I was on Covington. I know you were last week or last game. Um, yeah. and you know, it was pretty well, it worked out pretty well for us. 30, we got 32 out of them and it was very, very limited minutes. So I think if we had like a 30 minute night from him, he would have smashed value, but we're yeah. talking about a game where he's going to be facing Giannis and he's going to have his hands full on the defensive end, chasing him around a lot as well. So I think I'm going to basically shy away from a lot of this Timberwolf side of the ball. 
Um, Jeff Teague would probably be the only guy I have a ton of interest in. Um, but otherwise, I'm okay with not really playing any of them. Yeah, it's it's hard. What about the Milwaukee side? Milwaukee, I think it's going to be just Giannis for me. I think Middleton is a guy that I, I think you could keep an eye on. I just think his price on fantasy draft is very appropriate. I think 12-3 is, is a fine price to pay, just knowing that we could pretty much get 30-40 to 40 on, on almost any given night. The past few nights, kind of, we saw, like, you know, I guess down play. And I'm chalking that up to and throwing it out the window because if we just look at you know the three or four previous games, 37 and a half, 35 and a half, 39, uh, yeah. compared to the 25 point stinkers he's put up in the past two, so he's more of a tournament play. I'm not going to go and jam him in there. I just wanted to mention him. You know, I, I a lot of times when I look at the Bucks, I, I don't have a lot of interest because there's a lot of guys who garner usage, and we know that the MVP, the top dog, is the main head and the head honcho. He's going to take most of it. He's usually going to be the guy I'm most interested in. And Bledsoe has been playing absolutely fantastic. The second that we hear this minutes limit is uh, lifted, I will have all the shares of Bledsoe. Just because I think, you know, looking at his stats last year and looking at the way the usage was distributed, once Malcolm Brogdon was hurt, we saw uh, Bledsoe really thrive. So I'm looking forward to playing him, but I want to know that he's playing at least 30 minutes before I invested him. Got it, got it. Um, but I'll tell you, this game makes me a, a nervous wreck because I, I would love to plug Giannis in just automatically, but I, I just feel like they're going to blow out the Timberwolves. I know it sounds stupid because it's at Minnesota. Minnesota's 4-1. and one. Minnesota just blew somebody out, but it's no cat, and Minnesota played arguably maybe the worst team in the league in the Wizards, and now they're playing the Bucks. I mean, you talk about flipping the switch from no defense to great defense. I mean, you know, I played Teague last last time as one of my key guys, and he crushed it and only played like 25 minutes because they blew him out and still killed it. Uh, but now he's got to face scrappy Bledsoe and then great George Hill defense, and, and that's a whole different animal. And I just, uh, you know, I, I'm concerned about, uh, the blowout in this game and, and what those ramifications can be with Giannis. So again, I'm awaiting the Drummond news with if Griffin's going to play or not. If Griffin is not playing, uh, then I go to Drummond and I don't go with Giannis because of the possibility of a blowout. If Griffin is playing and I fade Drummond, I probably will just cross my fingers and hope the T-Wolves can stay in the game and fire up Giannis. Um, the rest of the guys from Milwaukee, just you know, everybody just chips in. They're such a, a good, solid, deep team. Everybody does their part, and it's just hard to get a ton of value from any of the other guys. I mean, it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. Um, and then on the Minnesota side, I think, you know, Jeng's going to get a, a bunch of fake uh, support and ownership, and I don't think he deserves it. I think they'll split still between Vonley and, Bell and him, so I don't want any part of that. Um, I don't trust Wiggins, even though he's done better and better this year and proven me wrong, you know, a couple of times. I just don't trust him in a in a game against a good defensive team like this at all. And really, you know, I don't want to touch Minnesota in this game. So, you know, it's probably Giannis or Busk. Uh, and you know, it may may be a complete fade for me, and then I just hope. Milwaukee blows them out, and uh, you know I, I get a big bonus for not having anybody in this game. 
Yeah, and that's what I mean. Giannis is probably the only guy in this game I'd really be keening in on, and it's only because of the sheer upside that you know he leads his team in usage. He averages one point eight four fantasy points per minute. So you know if he's if he does get to thirty minutes, thirty five minutes, he's more than likely going to have a fantastic game. But like I said in the beginning of the show, I do prefer Harden and Drummond, regardless of whether Blake plays. That's how I'm looking at it. You got it. All right, game five uh, should be a real interesting game. You got the fifth and tenth fastest teams in the league in Philadelphia and Phoenix. They're getting up and down the floor. Uh, Philly obviously going to be without Joel Embiid uh, again also, uh, which, again, I think the two-game suspension was a bunch of BS. I, I you know, They didn't even land a punch in that game. Um but it is what it is. So those, you know, with, with him out, that changes the, the dynamic, certainly, of any interior defense that Philly has and puts a bunch of different guys in a play. Who who are you looking at in this game usage-wise? I mean, for Philly's side, we know where the usage is going to go. It's going to go to the three guys that we talked about last show, and it's going to be Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and uh, Ben Simmons for me. Those are the three guys that I'd be targeting if I'm looking at anybody from the Sixers, and it's a good matchup. So, I mean, having at least one of those guys in lineups, I'll say it again, makes sense. They all kind of have, like, it almost feels like that 35 to 40 point floor when Embiid's off the court. I mean, yes, Tobias Harris is priced up to 13.6. Al Horford, I think, at 12.8, though, does still have some juice on the bone, and we know that Ben Simmons has that triple-double upside night in and night out. So I think all those guys are options. Um, you know, I did talk about little stars and scrubs, so it's going to be hard to fit them in there if you're going with that kind of, you know, mentality. But I, I think that they're all viable. And, you know, looking at the Sun side of the ball, I, I think I'm going to, you know, hop off of the uh, Devin Booger bandwagon a little bit. I've been on them pretty okay. much a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shy away from them in this matchup. I think it's a little bit tougher for them. It's not one yep. that I want to, you know, pinpoint with, you know, seeing Ben Simmons' length in front of him at times, and also dealing with Josh Richardson when he's off the floor. So, um, I'm not really going to go there. And I think, you know, looking at the wing options, Ubre getting priced up a little bit, it's going to be a difficult matchup for him as well. I, I think I'm primarily going to be targeting the front court, um, and it's going to be your boy Aaron Baines. I think at 99, we still have a little value in there. I don't like that yep. bump that much. I think we mentioned probably three or four better options at $3,000 less. So it's not yeah, like he's a priority. really gone up. Man. Yeah, exactly. But if you want him to play, like if you're doing a game stack scenario, that's the kind of situation where I would look and play him. I, I think I'm going to, you know, kind of stay away from this whole Frank Kaminsky thing just because Baines has been playing better. But Sarge should be my number one favorite play on Phoenix, uh, bar none. 9K is just stupid cheap. He's been playing out of his mind, and it's almost like a little bit of a revenge scenario because Sarge is the team that, uh, or I mean, Philly's the team that brought Sarge over. So, um, yeah, I, I'm 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 going to be on Sarge, and I'm pretty much going to be looking at the three other guys on the other side of the ball, and that's probably about it for me. Good call. I need a clarification though. What is juice on the bone? Is yeah. that a combination of your that's a juice on the bone meat on the bone? Yep, you got it right. <laughs> so it's a juice on the bone. I get tired of saying the same two all the time, so I figure I would just mash them together. Just combine them, okay? Yeah. I, I just Let's wanted to make it. sure I, I it wasn't it's been like a, long a negative day, coach. thing. It's been a long day. I've been podcasting for several hours straight. I've been in car rides, cooped up. It's it's been a long one for me, man. I uh, love you. I love <laughs> it, man. Well, I like the juice on the bone I see in this game. I love your Sarge narrative. I think he felt very shunned in that Philly uh, maneuver. They just didn't want him anymore. And I think uh, I think that he's going to take that personally. He's a hustle kind of guy, and I think he'll try to stick to the Sixers at a cheap price. 
And normally I don't like to to uh, roster Sarge, but I like him in this game for that narrative for sure. Um, my favorite play in this game, and one of my plug and plays, is Simmons. I think that this is a great matchup for her, for him. I think Rubio will try to guard him, and Simmons, I think, will just eat his lunch. Um, I'm a complete fade on Booker on that side of the ball. Josh Richardson has a history. A couple of uh, times he's faced Booker of shutting him down and really aggravating him. Uh, so I'm, I'm fade Booker City for sure. So I'm going Simmons all the way and on the other side of the ball, Sarich. And, uh, you know, that's probably uh, where I'm going to finish up. Ubre, I like. Uh, and he always seems to find a way to squeal into my lineup as the last guy in. Uh, so that's always possible as well. Philly's looking to go 6-0 and in, with this game. I think they're the only undefeated team left or one of the only teams left. So, yeah, the only undefeated. Yeah, um, that's one, cool. One thing about the Simmons thing I, I wanted to mention, though, I don't think that that's actually going to be the defensive matchup. I think he's going to see – um, actually, what might be a negative matchup for him, which would be Ubre and Mikel Bridges, two bodies that they'll throw at him. I think that we might end up see Firk, uh, Firk non Corkmouth start again, and if that's the case, we'll see uh, Devin Booker and Rubio kind of get hidden on Corkmaz and um, Richardson defensively, and then you'll see the okay. small forwards slide over to guard Simmons. That's what I'm anticipating, but hmm. we might we might not see that. We might see the other starting lineup that they rolled out there, and in that case, Simmons. Um, I still think it's a great matchup for him, regardless. But that, yeah. I just, I just, if that was kind of your your forward thinking on why you wanted to play him, I just love the pace and I love all the options. I think, you know, the best time we see Simmons thrive is the games where he can get upwards to 12, 14 assists. And I think this is one of those games where everybody else is going to have an easy time scoring, um, and he might not necessarily need to. But most of his points come in transition and putbacks and and just not you know play designs for him. So you yeah. can, I never really look to target Simmons for his scoring and in any option that we. You know, like this kind of game, there should be plenty of turnovers. It should be fast-paced. Those are the types of games where I look to target him. But I just don't know if we're going to see that sort of uh, defensive rotation. Well, and that's key. And that's that's one of those things. I'm glad you brought it up. That's a good point. I, You know, let's definitely follow the news on, you know, who who's going to be in the starting lineup and what that rotation's initially going to lo- uh, look like. Um, you know, Ubre could could stick with him decently and slow him down a little bit. But this just reeks of a Simmons triple-double game, just with the pace, you know, the way it sets up. I think the Suns will hang with them. They, you know, they're four and two, and they they lost a game uh, at the buzzer. They could be five and one. So they're, they've played really good. Monty's got them playing hard, even without DeAndre Ayton. So, uh, yeah, I, I just – I really, you know – I'm probably going to stick with Simmons, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think we need to keep an eye on those matchups because that could sway maybe my, my percentage of ownership as well. But that's a good point. All right. Excellent. Uh, we go to the last game of the night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Late game. Um, the late sweat will be there. I do the, the show tomorrow by myself, so I – Probably, you know, if I'm in a good sweat, I wait and wait and do it late. So hopefully I'm I'm able to stay alive into this Portland-Golden State game and have something uh, going and do a, a real late show tomorrow night. But um, I'm still reeling from the guy that cost me all the money two nights ago, and that's damn Jordan Poole. 
he just crushed me. What happened there, dude? Yeah, it's 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 it might be something that we see going forward with the wings on this rotation. Now that everybody's hurt, they have so many young options that we're going to kind of see different guys go off on different nights, different minute distribution. Um, I think that the guaranteed minutes that we're going to see from some of these injuries, I mean, A, the key news is going to be D'Angelo Russell. He's currently listed as questionable. Um, right. I have him more listed as doubtful in my book. Me too. I, I, Me I don't too. think he's going to play, so I think that puts Bowman back into play. Um, I think Bowman and Pascal would – or Pascal – Excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, Pascal. Be, Pascal. Um, those would be my two primary options. Just Pascal. 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 Yeah, Eric Pascal. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes. So Eric Pascal uh, and Bowman would probably be my two main options I'm looking at on the Golden State side. I think that their minutes and usage are pretty much solidified as yeah. far as they're the you know the primary replacement players for the two biggest usage guys that are going to be out of the lineup. So those are the two guys I'm going to have the most interest in. On that side of the ball, I'm not really targeting anybody else. I wouldn't knock you if you wanted to. I just think that we have enough uh, guaranteed value across the slate that we don't really need to take too many chances on the shots on the guys that we don't know. Um, those yeah. are the guys that we save more for the GPPs. But um, I'm, I'm going to pretty much limit myself to that. And on the other side of the ball, I'm a little scared to play anybody. This is normally a spot I'd be all over Damon and Lillard. I was all over him in last game, Coach. I, I loved him. I, I normally yeah. love him in this matchup when he's going back to his hometown. You know, He's from Oakland. So mm-hmm. this is like his narrative, but I just can't imagine him playing four quarters in this game, and that's kind of going to limit it. Um, the main guys I'd be looking at would be Scal if we hear that Hassan Whiteside's not going to play again. And then I think, you know, given the news of Rodney Hood having to be taken to the locker room and that uh, Zach Collins did have to get surgery, I think Hazonia and Bazemore should be in line for a good uptick in minutes, and they're both pretty solid value plays. Yeah, it's a good take, man. I uh, It looks like Whiteside is probable, so... If he does play, uh, you know, that takes Scal out of play, but I don't trust Whiteside, so I'm not going to go any bigs there. Um, you know, I it, it's hard to, to not want to play either Dame or CJ. They've both been so darn good, and they should eat the Warriors' backcourt alive with, uh, you know, even if D'Angelo plays, which I doubt he will, but you know, he's not that good defensively either. I just don't see how anybody's going to check them. Now, could this be a blowout game for Portland? Absolutely, it could be. But, um, you know, it's it's hard to say. You know, Golden State on that side of the ball, I like your call with Bowman. I think he's, he's going to get the majority of, of the ball handling and uh, you know, be a safe play, fairly well-owned, but, but safe, and he's a good price. So I, I like that call. Eric Pascal, yeah, I mean, he's tempting. He's been solid every game he's played. He's getting decent minutes. It's just, you know, I'm just concerned that if it's a blowout and they rotate guys, I just don't know if I want to sweat on, on Pascal. You know, the other guys, Glenn Robinson had a really nice game, but he's been sort of good game, bad game, you know, every other game. So it's hard to really depend on him. Um, and nobody else is really in play. I mean, I, if I, if I do fade Simmons, you know, I'll, I'll go to Dame or CJ, but you know, with the other build, I'm not going to be able to really afford those guys. So I'll probably go with a Bowman and, uh, and maybe come back on the, on, uh, with Pascal. If I do a second guy, uh, and if I can't play Dame or, or CJ, I'm, I'm not going to play anybody else from Portland. 
Uh, yeah, I hear you on that. I mean, if I'm playing Dane or CJ, it's in a game stack scenario where I have a few other bodies on the other side of the ball, and I'm expecting this game to somehow go four quarters. Um, but when you do that, you're talking about playing four guys in this game when we have so many other good games on the board, and that means that you're going to lose exposure to some of these other value plays who I have a little bit more confidence in personally. So it's going to be a tough scenario. I think you're more or less looking at a couple one-offs and just to get some guys in late, uh, you know, late-game hammer who could provide some value and also have solid floors due to the increase in minutes and usage. Outstanding, man. I think this is going to be a fun slate and a money-making slate. I really do. It just feels feels good. I think it's a good one. All right, man. Well, we did it. We busted through these six games. And, yes, I think it's going to be a fantastic slate as well. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be one of my favorite slates, I think, thus far in the year. Wow. Uh, And I'm really going to try to juice juice the bone on it. Yeah, juice. Squeeze every ounce of juice out of that bone you can get tomorrow, man. That's all I'm saying. Because this this could be where you wanna you wanna pump up the the plays a little bit. Maybe maybe double down a little bit here with a few of them. But um, you know, never bet too much of your stack. You know, not suggesting that you got to pay. You know, bankroll management is huge. So make sure you you protect it. You never want to go all in or anything like that. So. You know, even when we say we love the slate, you still want to, you know, be smart with uh, with your wagers for sure. Absolutely. Well said, man. Well said. All right, dude. You got any last thoughts? Dude, I have no thoughts left in my – did you hear – I said juice the bone, man. I'm ready for bed. Uh, <laughs> I'm losing my mind, man. I mean, I feel like I'm an insomnia right now. So, no, I'm good to oh, go. Oh, did we – you know what? I got to put the pressure on you, though. Oh, did yeah, we, we got have- to we need a we need we're due for a uh, a chicken suit challenge and I'm I'm calling out Capella so uh, let's see yeah find someone around his price tag or uh, who's someone around Capella's just lack price of tag oh you know I, I I do have a little um, faith in Capella I'm expecting a decent game I want to he's not how about how about Giannis no I'm just teasing <laughs> <laughs> no all right how about if I go with Mm, this is a weird one, but would you accept like CJ McCollum? Yeah, sure. Why not? He's a small guy, so it's you know he's not. Yeah, a you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that this uh, it's a pretty fair bet. I think that you know the blowout factor could really hurt CJ, and I think D'Antoni being D'Antoni can hurt Capella. So I think we both have a little negative going against them. So yeah, why not? We'll lock it in. I think you have the All advantage, right. coach. But I, yeah, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a. I already tried to steal win away from you with our fight bet, so um, I, I'll give I'll give you the edge on this one. Oh, that was that was a unanimous decision, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully, I double my lead here. Four two would be wonderful with a little CJ uh, late night sweat and get that going. Well, good man, get some rest. It's been I know it's been a long weekend for you, and uh, great show as usual. And we will be back together. We're, let's see. We're back together when? Monday Two, night? Monday night for the Tuesday slate. Yes, sir. Beautiful. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You uh, you do that slate on your own. Uh, Tuesday night for the Wednesday, Wednesday slate is the next time we are on together. Okay. Tuesday night. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, I'll look forward to that. Wednesday's always like the biggest slate, and that's the Coach's Challenge uh, mm-hmm. slate, too. So that'll be awesome, dude. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Mike Apatria, and in abstentia for our man, Handsome Hanson, I am Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS this season. 
Take care, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.